Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Uh, so good to be together. I, I thank you again for being here and joining us online uh, every week. I am deeply honored to be able to share this this time with you and share share the word with you as our church family. And uh, you may be here new to church, and we we want to say a special welcome to you as well as Angela mentioned. Uh, it's just great to to have you here today. Um, let me also just, I know Angela wished all the fathers uh, happy Father's Day, but let me also take the opportunity to uh, say a special happy Father's Day to all the dads. We love you. We appreciate you. Let's just give them one more round of applause and just say thank you, dads, for being who you are, doing what you do. Dads, you are awesome. We love you. This month, as Angela mentioned, we are focusing on kingdom builders. And the magazine that Angela was sharing with you really showcases, highlights how, as a church, we are on mission in Calgary and around the world. Uh, We are passionate about seeing everybody hear the gospel, that all would hear the good news of Jesus in our city and around the world. And uh, we have been able to be a part of that as a church family for over 90, I think it's like 93, getting close to 94 years now, this church has been on mission. And so this is our watch. This is our time. And as we're looking at Kingdom Builders, as Angela mentioned, next Sunday, uh, we, are, we are wanting to raise as much of our goal of $180,000 for Calgary and global projects uh, so that we can set our budgets and we can, we can also get a sense, I guess, rather, uh, rather what we need to plan for next year as far as how we uh, focus on missions. And so as you contribute, we want to raise as much of it as we can this month. That, that'll just help us to plan as we look at missions down the next year and the next couple of years ahead. So as Kingdom Builders, we talked last week about being on mission with God and anticipating the miraculous in our lives, partnering with God in the miraculous, that God wants to do a miracle for us, but he wants to do a miracle through us. And so the challenge last week was that we need to be people that are open to the miraculous, whether it's personally receiving a miracle in our lives. And we celebrated Uh, So many miracles taking place in our church, good news stories, testimonies of how God has been at work. How many are just thankful to to hear those stories? And if you you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to get the podcast or or view last week's service because some of the things that God is doing uh, within this congregation is is just so encouraging. Uh, This past Tuesday night, met with our board and and we just took some time to uh, look at some of the stories and the testimonies of what God was doing. So encouraging to see what God is at work doing in our body. And so we want to be on mission and trust that God is working a miracle in us and through us. But as kingdom builders, we must learn to walk together in greater love, greater love for one another and greater love for our world. And being Father's Day today, I want to speak a message today um, that helps us understand how do we, how do we do that? How do do we walk together in greater love for one another, for our families, but for the world as God has called us on mission? Well, it comes from knowing that we are loved and affirmed by our Heavenly Father. We're loved and affirmed by our Father. That's, That's where that source of love comes from. So the message this morning, the title is this, The Father's Affirmation. The Father's 
affirmation. I believe this message today is going to be for everybody. It's for dads, but it's going to be for all of us. And I believe that God is going to use this time to encourage and speak to each one. Matthew chapter three, if you have a Bible, we're going to be looking together at this as as a bit of our anchor text today. Matthew three, starting at verse 13. But we're also going to be uh, looking at a number of scripture verses as well. Matthew 3, 13, and it should be on the screen for you as well. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to John to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for this. Thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Father's affirmation. You know, it's just been about a year and a half uh, since uh, I lost my dad. He's, he went to be with Jesus. And this last week I was uh, thinking about this. I was thinking about uh, some of the attributes, some of the characteristics that my dad uh, displayed in his life. And I was thinking about just the kind of dad that he was for me. And so maybe Father's Day for you, you think about, you know, your dad or, or you think about your father. Maybe some of your fathers are, you know, obviously are still here with you, but some like me, you, you've, uh, you've lost your father, but you think about your dad. For me, I was blessed. Uh, I had an incredible dad. I had a great dad. He was, uh, he was generous. He was generous with his words, with his time. And with his money, this was one of, that was the first thing that popped up into my mind when I thought about my dad. He's, he was generous. Uh, he was people focused. Relationships mattered to him. He, he just seemed to make friends with people. People just liked him. He had a way with relationships that, that were, it was incredible to me. He was gracious. He was hard to offend. He would get upset sometimes. He would get ticked off at a few things, but he wouldn't stay offended He was almost like unoffendable. This is who he was. He was always up for a party. That's what I loved about my dad. He he made the simplest things just uh, just the the right place for a party. Like he he would just like Sunday night after church, we'd just go have, you know, he'd say, well, let's get some nachos. Let's have a party, you know, go for a drive in the car. It would end up being a celebration, a party. It would be an event, the mundane trip to the dentist. Somehow it would just be fun with my dad. He had a great sense of humor. He loved Jesus. He loved the ministry. He loved my mom. He loved us kids, and he loved his grandkids dearly. But one of his greatest qualities was that he was an encourager. He was somebody who affirmed people, and he affirmed me my whole life with his words, with his actions. Uh, It was almost like a superpower for him. I would say about my dad, of all the great qualities— he just could affirm people in a way that was 
just so incredibly profound and powerful and impacting. I've met people who, who've known my dad for, for years and they would say things like that to me. He's just, he encouraged me. He helped me. He spoke prophetically over me. He, he, he affirmed me. When I was about to quit, I didn't quit because of that conversation I had with, with your dad. And I was blessed to receive that affirmation through my life. And as a dad, I, I do my best to, uh, to affirm my kids and the people in my world and, and you as a, our church family. I, I, I pray that God would continue to just work through me to, to affirm, to be an affirmer. Some of you, though, this morning, that's not so much your story. Some of you, uh, your fathers were perhaps absent or there was brokenness. There were things when you think about your dad or your father and it, bring, it brings up uh, other kinds of emotions. And in Canada in 2020, the stats are that 1.78 million Families are single-parent families, and most of those single-parent families uh, are fatherless homes. There was a study in, in the United Kingdom that talked about the problem of fatherlessness in our culture, and it said that eight times uh, that children from fatherless homes are eight times more likely to go to prison. They're five times more likely to commit suicide. They're twenty times more likely to have behavioral problems. People from fatherless homes are 32 times more likely to become runaways, 10 times more likely to uh, abuse chemical substances, and nine times more likely to drop out of high school. And this is uh, the stats that are, that are based on this. We're in a pandemic, but there's also a, a bit of an epidemic in our culture of, of fatherlessness, the need for the Father's affirmation. This is the way God has designed us, that we would be in a home with a father, with a mother, that there would be healthy and godly fathers, as Angela said, not just physically or biologically, but, but spiritually. Just because you're biologically a father doesn't mean that you are a father. There's, there's a role, there's a responsibility, there's an opportunity, and, and it is about modeling our lives as dads after our Heavenly Father. But no matter what your experience has been with your earthly father, I want to encourage each person this morning that there is a Heavenly Father. There is a Heavenly Father who we have been invited to call Abba, Father, which means dad. And it's his affirmation over our lives that is of the utmost importance. And it's wonderful to be raised in a healthy home where there's a dad who is affirming and there's a dad who speaks words of blessing and lays hands on you and prays for you and encourages you. But some of us have not ever experienced that. But whether you've experienced it or not, we all have the opportunity to receive and to walk in the affirmation of our Heavenly Father. How many are thankful that there's a Father, there's a God, there's a Father who loves us, and He's called us to walk with Him closely and in relationship. This is the way we were created from the beginning, is to walk with Him and know Him. 
The scripture says in Psalm 68 that our God is a father to the fatherless. Doesn't matter how broken your past may be. And you know, even those of us who have had great dads, they weren't perfect people. And anywhere there's gaps or where they lacked in our lives, we have the opportunity to, to know God deeper and deeper as father in our lives. I turned 50 years old this last year. I know it's shocking. It's hard to believe some of you are looking at me like, 50? Some of you are like, you don't look a day over 49 and a half, seriously. But even though I am, you know, 50 years old now, I guess, I guess it's time for me to grow up, you know? That's kind of what you feel like. Uh, I still hunger and long to know God as Father in my life in deeper ways. And we never stop having that opportunity. He is Father to the fatherless. 2 Corinthians 6 says this, says, I will be, this is the word of the Lord, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. This is God's declaration over you. This is affirmation over you. I will be a father to you. Where you lack, where there are gaps, where there is brokenness, where there is pain, where there is a father who is no longer with you, where there is a father that maybe he's a good father, but where, where there is any kind of gap or longing or brokenness or need in your life, God promises and says, I will be your father and we can walk with him and know him in our text this morning Jesus is getting baptized John the Baptist is baptizing people at the Jordan River and he sees Jesus and he would have known Jesus he would have known Jesus about him and I mean their births there's a story with their births and their moms and but Seemingly, he sees Jesus coming down to the Jordan, and in that moment, he realizes that what he's been preaching about, a coming Messiah, a coming Messiah, that this truly is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And that's what he declares in the Gospel of John. But as he sees Jesus coming down to the water, Jesus he says, I, why should I be baptizing you? And Jesus said, this is the way it should be. This is fitting. This is what Jesus did. He, he did this to model fully God and fully man and to show us the way that we would be baptized. And water baptism is, is, is a picture of, of identifying with Christ in, in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And so as Jesus himself is modeling and showing us the way and, and getting baptized, the moment that he came up out of the water, the spirit, like a dove, was resting upon him. The Holy Spirit resting upon his life. And when you come to Christ, if you're here this morning and you haven't yet surrendered your life to Jesus, the Bible talks about it's, 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 it's being born again. It means that you were born in the natural, but you must be born spiritually. And baptism is a picture of this where we, we, are, we are identifying ourselves with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. But Jesus, as he comes up from the water, it says the spirit like a dove was resting upon his life. But watch this. And then it says the father's voice speak, spoke these words. 
This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's the father's affirmation. That's the father's affirmation. And I want you to see this this morning. This is, this is just kind of, the, kind of the crux or the point of the message right here. Jesus, he had not started his ministry yet. He didn't do anything yet. He hadn't performed any miracles. He hadn't turned water to wine. He hadn't fed the 5,000. He hadn't walked on the water. Jesus didn't do anything yet. He was just starting his ministry But the father said, this is my son. Look at him. Here he is. And here's what it means for you and me. Here's the big idea right here. Your heavenly father is pleased with you before you do anything. Your father's pleased with you. It's not about performance. Before Jesus could do anything, the father was affirming him. The father's affirmation. This is my son. I'm pleased with him. And this is so desperately needed in our world because we look for affirmation in all kinds of places. The world we live in, even with the the technical world and social media and and, and affirmation, it's just like there's, there's a generation that is starving for affirmation, will do anything for affirmation. And sometimes I get caught up in it. Like, have you ever posted something and then somebody likes it and you're like, oh, look, somebody liked my picture. It just feels good. Maybe I'm not that bad. Maybe I'm actually kind of cool. Oh, somebody made a comment. Affirmed. Affirmation. We're addicted to it. And that's okay. We can post stuff and it's fun. But for some people, that's all they have. It's sad. But God, our Father, through Jesus Christ, offers us affirmation, love, acceptance, forgiveness. This is the affirmation of a father that our world is starving for. And we, as his church, have the opportunity to be his hands and feet and to speak his word and to call people into the kingdom saying, you are fatherless, you are broken, you are starving for affirmation, but I have a father and his name is God and he loves us and he's Abba and he's my dad and he affirms me and he loves me and I don't have to perform in Christ. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to perform a miracle. I don't have to read a certain amount of Bible verses. I don't have to do all these things and go door to door and witness and all those things might have their place, but I don't have to do any of those things. I'm already loved and I'm already accepted in God. This is the Father's affirmation that this world is starving for. And we have it. But I feel like God is saying, I want you to step into it. To live in it. Like you've never lived in it before. You know, we had a new baby. We was dedicated this morning. And I know that uh, Cody and Brianna on our team, they just had a baby. And it's when you have a baby... You're excited. You, you, you love that child. They, they don't have to do anything. They're, when they're newborns, you, know, you don't bring your baby home and just, well, you know, like I'm really disappointed in this child. It's a week old, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't know algebra yet or whatever. They don't have to do anything to be loved and accepted when they're yours. I want you to listen to some of these scriptures. You say, because we say, well, 
listen, that's Jesus. How do you know that that's how God feels about me? If that, that's how God may feel about Jesus, because he's God's son, you know, but, but I want you to see that this is applicable to how God sees us. Listen to this from the scripture. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was already chasing after you even before you surrendered your life to Christ. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 1. Long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. He decided then to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault. We who stand before him covered with his love. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to. Listen to this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. We are loved. We are affirmed in Christ, in God. And it changes everything when we get a fresh perspective on how that plays out in our lives. It's beautiful. Probably the most beautiful example in Scripture is a very famous story that most of us would be very familiar with in Luke 15. It's the parable that Jesus shared, and it's the, the parable known as the prodigal son. Prodigal son is a father with two sons, a younger son who demands the inheritance, his, his share of the inheritance goes away, squanders it in wild living, finally comes to his senses after he ends up broke, desperate. And he says, I, I'm going to go back. I'm, even my father's servants, they were treated better than the way I'm living right now. And he's rehearsing his speech along the way home, thinking of the things that he's going to say to his dad, hoping, hoping there's maybe a chance that his dad would receive him back. But as he's on his way home, I want, I want you to see the father in this story is a picture of God the father. And, and the first thing that happened is this, this prodigal son begins to return, thinking about, oh, i got to say this, and I'm going to rehearse this, and i I, I got to do this, and I'm going to be that, and somehow maybe I'll be accepted. I want you to see this. The first thing was the father saw him. Even when you and I are a long way off, the father sees us. He sees where we're at. He sees exactly what's going on. He sees our brokenness. He sees our pain. He sees our failures. He sees our success. He sees everything about us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows the depths of our heart. And this father saw this son, but he didn't see the son and just look at him and go, oh, that, you know, that son of mine's coming back. I'm going to make him work for his way back. Not at all, because the second thing that happened was he ran to him. The father in this picture, picturing God the father, ran to this broken, lost, desperate, returning son. And then he kissed him. Affection. And, and, and the son is just trying to say, 
father, he can't even, he can't even get his speech out. And, and he's, he's, he's been run to, he, he's, he's been, he's been kissed and he, and he's been seen before he can even say anything. The father's all over him. And then finally, the son says, I, I've sinned father, but here's what I want you to see. The father had already approved him before he could ask for forgiveness. The father just said, you're mine. You're my son. The kiss came before the confession. His love for you, his affirmation for you. He's already for you. You say, I have some of us struggle with God, the father, because we, we feel guilty. We feel like we failed. We feel like we've made mistakes, but, but the kiss came before the confession. God's kiss, his love is for you. Romans says that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness. It's because God is so kind that it makes us want to repent, want to come home. The father then says, quick, bring the best robe. This would have been the father's own robe. Do you know that? Do you know that the dad of the house has sometimes the best things? It's true. Go home and look around your house. Who's got the best robe? It's probably your dad or it might be your mom. Depends who's the better shopper in your house or whatever, okay? Probably. But it's going to be one of your parents. They're going to have the best room. They're going to have the corner room. They're going to have the best. The best robe belonged to the dad. So he says, I'm going to give my best to my son. He says, get a ring on his finger. This speaks of authority. Get sandals on his feet. This speaks, no longer is he a servant or a slave. He's my son. You see, because the servants would be, mostly go barefoot. But the son of the house had sandals, had shoes. Bring the fattened calf and kill it and let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So what does this mean for us today? I'm going to call the worship team back and I want to just bring a challenge as we pull this together. What does this mean for us today? The first thing this means is that there is a father that is saying to some today, come home or come to me. Maybe you have been lost in rebellion. You see, there was another son in the house too. He was lost in religion. They were both estranged from the father's affirmation, his love. They, they both missed the fact because the older son locked in, in his religion and his duty, I, doing everything you said I could do. And, and the father looked at him at one point and says, everything I have is yours. And, and he was locked in, in, in trying to earn his love from the father. The younger son was lost in his rebellion, but came to his senses. Maybe for you, you you've been far away from God. You, you, you don't know Jesus maybe today. And today's your day to come to the Father. Maybe you've been looking for affirmation in your life in different ways and different places, but everything leaves you empty and unsatisfied. The Father's love and his embrace and his affirmation is the only thing that satisfies. It's the only thing that satisfies. And he invites you today to him. And so if you're here today and that's you, I would invite you, if you've never prayed that prayer before, to even in this moment to pray and just say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe that you're the son of God, that you died on the cross for me. You see, because 
Jesus said that nobody comes to the Father except through him. The way that we receive this affirmation, this this love, this eternal life is through Jesus Christ. Yes, God loves the whole world. And yes, God created everybody. In one sense, we are all children of God in that sense, but we're only really children of God with eternity with him through Jesus Christ. That's the only way to get to heaven. That's the only way to be saved. You can't work your way. You can't be like the older brother either who tries to work his way and earn his way to the father. And today, maybe you've been trying to do good deeds or and all those things are good and they have their place, but they, they cannot earn the father's affirmation, favor. They cannot earn your way to heaven. They cannot earn salvation. It's only through Jesus Christ. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. And so maybe you're here today and that's you and you need to surrender your life to Christ. I'm going to pray with you just in a moment. But I want you to think about that because there may be people coming to Christ today. So what else does this mean for us? Here's what it means for us, especially when we have kingdom builders in mind. Here's what it means. Our heavenly Father's approval and affirmation compels us to love one another. You see, we can't love each other well without first realizing, and maybe for some today, re-realizing, just in a new way, in 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 a fresh way, experiencing God's acceptance and his love and his affirmation in your life. You see, when we feel, when we know we're affirmed, we, we, we treat other people better because we don't have to prove ourselves to each other. We don't have to get angry or hold grudges or, or, or get bitter or get upset. We, we're, we're easy. We're quick to forgive. We're, 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 gonna, we're not going to live with offense. We're not going to live with being mad at anybody. Maybe some things happen and you have to talk it out, but we're just going to say, yeah, but we're all loved by our Father and we're all affirmed by Him. And so we can love each other well. And we can love Calgary and we can love the world and we can be kingdom builders from a place of just resting in the Father's affirmation. We love because he first loved us. Above all, First Peter says, love each other deeply. I don't know, I just, somebody asked me the other day, it was one of the staff, we were just chatting in the office, they said, what are, what are you kind of taking out of this pandemic? You know, because we don't want to waste the crisis, right? What has God been teaching us? What, is, what has he been speaking to us about? And a number of things, but, but a few things I just shared in that moment was, you know, just to slow down and, and to love, love better. Just to, just to, just to love people more. You know, I, I hope that I'm loving and I hope that I love people and but I feel like God is just just even to the church just we just got to love people more and just give more grace. You see the world is about judging and canceling and this person did one thing wrong. I mean honestly you guys it is such a self-righteous culture right now. It's very religious. It's like you can't do one thing wrong or you're canceled. You can't say one thing, you can't do one thing or you're canceled. We don't like you, you're punished, you're exposed, you're hung out to dry. That's the accuser. Satan is the biggest condemner and accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren, he's the accuser of people. Jesus is the one who came and showed us the way, got baptized, humbled himself, 
showed us the way, came up out of that water. The Spirit of God rests upon him. And the Father said, that's my son. That's my son in whom I'm well pleased. And when you have that on your life, you don't have to go around judging people and condemning people. Man, it used to be that people said, church people are so religious and they tell me how to live my life and they condemn me and this and that. Now it's like businesses are going around telling people how they live their life and not live their life and condemn people if they don't agree with them. You got to do this. You got to do it this way and that way. Let's let the judgment fall. Let's not be part of the spirit of the world. Let's not be part of the, the religious spirit. Let's be people of grace and faith. And let's, let's be people who are so affirmed and live in such a revelation of the affirming love of God on my life that I can just love people deeper and better. I can love people. First Peter says, above all. In other words, this is the most important thing. Love each other deeply. We can only love each other with greater depth as we receive a greater depth of the Father's affirmation. This also plays out into our immediate families. Dads, affirm your kids. Invest in your home. Dads, I want to call you to this, and I don't do this perfectly, but there's got to be places of prayer in your home. Dads, just step out. Sometimes as dads, we're like, how do I begin to pray? Like, do I just call a family meeting? Okay, everybody, we're going to pray in 15 minutes. And, you know, and, and uh, it just seems awkward sometimes. Can I just encourage you, dad, just begin to pray. You're the dad. People are going to listen to you. People are going to stop. Pray for your food. Pray for, pray for things. Just sometimes just pray. And obviously you're praying privately and, and that's good. And you're praying on your own and in your car. But as dads in your home, as leaders, and maybe you're a mom and you're the leader of your home, this, is, this applies to you too. Just be the leader to pray. Just to be a leader to speak that out. Thomas Brooks, there's a famous quote, says, a family without prayer is like a family without a roof on their house. See, prayer is like a covering over your house. And so I want to encourage you, dads, to affirm and to invest. How do we love each other greater in our church family? Well, we extend grace to one another. We encourage and we love each other. You know, it's so nice, isn't it, that this pandemic is winding down because uh, we kind of had our first like little backyard party. Uh, one of our kids was graduating this past week and we had some people over in, like, in the backyard. Yeah, and it's just good to be with people. I think this summer, First Assembly, let's, are there people on your heart? We're almost ready to have people even inside. Can you imagine that the, the government's going to let us do that? No more Justin's jail when you travel. We get to be free. And that's great. You know, it's been a crazy year. And I really, truly, I, I say that tongue in cheek. I really do believe that as much as there's darkness and evil powers at work in our world, yeah, they're always going to capitalize on times like this to make money and to all that kind of stuff. Government overreach. I get it. I get it. Some of that's there. But I actually really believe that our politicians and our leaders, I really believe they're just doing their best. And so we just need to keep praying for them and you know, anyway, I guess I'm just turning this sermon into kind of like a little family like meeting. I'm just kind of chatting with you here this morning. That's okay, I guess. 
So I was ending the sermon in a certain way, but I ended up just kind of going like this. But, um, but you know what? You're, you're loved, First Assembly. You're loved by a father. You're loved by a father. And so let's not, let's not get, you know, judgy and angry. And, and let's just be people who are so affirmed by the father that we can be on mission because in the world, this is how we invest in kingdom builders because we are so loved. Listen, our lives are not about building our lives just for ourselves. You know, I was thinking, I shared about my dad and he was a generous man. He taught us. He taught us. I remember when I was just a kid, he said, okay, you know, I had my paper route or whatever. He's like, okay, you're getting money now. So if you had $10 that you just made this week on newspaper delivery, what that $1, 10%, that, that is invested in God's kingdom. And he's like, it's way better to live on a blessed 90% than an unblessed 100%. How many believe that's true? I'd rather live on God's blessing and 90% of what God's given me to, you know, to manage and to steward, you know, for family and bills and expenses and savings and all those kinds. I'd rather live under the blessing of God. And, and listen, I'm not into legalistic tithing. I believe in the new uh, Testament principle of you give what's in your heart to give, not under law or, but there's a principle in the Old Testament. And I think it's at least 10% is a good starting point for the follower of Jesus. And so we can't be kingdom builders if we're stingy. So let's be generous people. Let's, let's plan. Let's pray. Let's stretch. Let's believe. Let's, let's, let's use this time not only to sow into relationships with generosity, but to sow into the kingdom with generosity, with our finances. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 that, that we persuade others for Christ's love compels us. This is why we're on mission. This is why we're persuading others to come to know Jesus. Why? Because Christ's love compels us. That's, that's it. But Christ's love is the Father's affirmation for us. He loves us like he loves Jesus. When, when, when he sees you and me, he loves us the same way he loves his own son. Isn't that incredible to think? Why? Because we are hidden in God with Christ. When God looks at us, he doesn't see all our mistakes and our past and our failures and our sin. He just sees us covered, just like that father who gave his best robe to his son. The robe of righteousness has been given to us. We walk in the father's good pleasure, and it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Amen? Amen. I would invite you to stand with me this morning. It's been a fun morning just sharing my heart with you on this Father's Day. It's quarter two. So we're going to let you get out, guys, get golfing this afternoon, lunch, barbecues. How many dads are going to get a pair of socks for Father's Day? Anybody going to get some socks? You're going to get some barbecue utensils? Spoil your dads today. Can I just pray for you, family? Father, I thank you that you love this beautiful family called First Assembly so much. Oh God, the things that you have in your heart, we've only begun to scratch the surface of getting a glimpse of what you have for this church to be a city-reaching church, impacting tens of thousands of people for the gospel in Calgary and around the world. God, let us walk today in the Father's affirmation. Let us 
Remember today that because we are affirmed, we can affirm others. We can love others. We can build the kingdom. We can stretch out in faith. We can extend that generosity wherever we go. I thank you, Lord, that it's not about performance today, that we are already loved by you. God, that there is nothing we can do that will earn your love. We're already loved and accepted and forgiven in Christ. We thank you so much, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are for us, that you love us. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to have it all together to receive your love and approval, but today we just rest in the Father's affirmation. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give God our praise today. Let's thank God. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.